Hey guys, my name is Nicole Escobar and I am your host. I am also the director of Trees of Hope, which is a nonprofit in South Florida that exists to train, educate, and equip parents on how to protect the children in their life from being sexually abused. We also offer survivor-led healing support groups for victims of sexual abuse. We wanna welcome you because this is our podcast. We hope it encourages you, we hope it inspires you, and we hope you leave here knowing that hope is real, your story matters, and that you are more than just a hashtag. So let's get to our next episode. Hey guys, welcome back to episode eight of the Not Just a Hashtag. We are so happy to be here with you. Today, I'm joined with my co-host, Kristen Torres, our mental health counselor. How are you doing, Kristen? Hey, Nicole. I am so glad to be with you today. It's been a while, like a lot of, a long while. I feel like it's been since like March, right? Yeah. Before the world kind of turned upside (laughs) down, I think. (laughs) I know. Um, So you're working from home, doing everything from home now? Yep. Working from home right now, seeing clients online from home. Thank God for technology. I know, right? Oh my gosh. Even today, that's how we're here, right? Together. Together-ish. (laughs) Together-ish. I know. I feel like I can like air hug you, but not actually touch you. Um, Do you do this? Do you come to meetings with everything done on the top as in makeup, hair, and shirt and then down below it's like whatever like slit yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's barefoot the sweatpants absolutely me too I'm like (laughs) if they only could see what's happening below here yes it's true it's so much more comfortable I know oh gosh the days of heels are like I looked at my closet and I was like bye (laughs) I know (laughs) not putting you on ever again I know it's so true (laughs) All right. So I just want to thank every person who in the past couple of weeks has taken a moment to email me, to write, uh, text me, call me. It's like, literally, like I said, I've gotten an influx of people because I think I've been doubting, has this even been effective? Has this been helping people? Because we have seen some of our listenings, our listeners numbers go down, but I really believe that it's because they're dealing with other things like COVID and Mm. other things that are going on. So, um, I need those little bursts of, um, encouragement, those life giving words of just telling us how, uh, helpful these podcasts have been and how helpful the content has been. So I just want to say thank you again so much for anything encouraging that people have said. And for those who listen each week, I love you and just really appreciate it so much. And if you share this podcast with somebody, um, my friend texted me the other day and she said, uh, Nicole, this is so awesome. I'm going to share it with like all these people that she knew. And I was like, you, that's like the greatest compliment anyone can ever give is sharing. So if you know somebody who could benefit from these, um, go ahead and share it with them. What I like to do is, especially if you know someone's been sexually abused and you don't necessarily want to be like, hey, uh, check out this podcast because it may feel offensive doing that. So you could send them one of the topical ones and then just let them take it from there. Right. So if they, if they like that episode, they'll want to listen to more. So that's one way. That's how I've done it in the past. So if you want to email us about content that you would like to hear more about, like, let's say you want to know more about what is sexual abuse, or you want to know about more about our stories. And you felt like we didn't share that enough, please email us and let us know again at podcast at treesofhope.org. Okay, so let's get into the episode. This week, we are going to be talking about mental health and anxiety. And I know a lot of us are dealing with that right now. Um, I know for myself, um, I thought that I had anxiety and my mental health kind of put off in a bag and done with and, and sort of conquered. And then, then comes COVID-19 and I realized I'm a mess in many ways. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about is going to be things that I have had to put in place myself. Um, So something I mentioned in our last podcast, which was seven steps to happiness. um, One of the things I had talked about was getting off social media. 
Um, I felt like, I feel like anxiety is self-inflicted when you have social media on your phone at, at any place you look, you know, you're seeing the feed, you're seeing everything that's going on around you, looking at the news, listening, whatever it is. So for me, I needed to remove myself from those atmospheres because I started to realize that I was getting waking up in the morning, looking at it, and then all of a sudden getting like flooded with frustration, worry, doubt, and just feeling overwhelmed. And I really started to see that I had a major problem when my first thing that I did, even before I like got the crust out of my eyes, was looking at my Instagram feed. And I would even wake up at like four in the morning if I couldn't sleep anymore and then start looking at my Instagram feed. So now I'm like, okay, I've got an addiction and it's making me frustrated. And then whatever I had seen that bothered me would literally replay in my mind. So it caused me not to sleep anyways. So I just got off and I'm not going to say that I'm going to be a hundred percent on that in the future, but for right now it's causing me problems. So Mm -hmm. I needed to remove the problem. Would you say that that was a smart decision, <laughs> Kristen? Absolutely. I mean, because look at the results of that, right? I mean, you said it was definitely causing you stress and distress yeah. and you stopped it. And what has been the result of tone, turning it down, turning the dial down, like getting off of social media? What has been the result for you? So positive. I mean, I spend more time with my husband. I've actually started playing a game on my phone that, that like, um, it's supposed to cause Alzheimer's not to happen, but it's like one of those word games. Um, I've been like reading more. Yeah. So all positive things. There we go. So I think a, right. I think a lot of times the fruit, um, look at the fruit of whatever the choice is a, a lot of times to see if it's a good choice. What's the fruit of that choice? Hmm. Okay. I'm feeling better. I have less anxiety, less stress. Um, I'm being more intentional with my time. Like you said, quality time with your husband and so forth, or even doing something that's good for your brain. Then mm-hmm. to me, that means it's likely a positive choice. <laughs> so I guess, you know, where the conflict comes in is when you remove yourself from something, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, are you really, is that a bandaid that I'm putting on the problem, which is I can't seem to get myself feeling controlled in things that bother me. You know, um, not necessarily because I think that, um, there's no, there is no requirement in us to have social media to survive. We're not talking about eating. We need food to survive. We need to drink water to survive, right? We need social, we need relationships really to survive. Um, we're not supposed to be doing life alone, but social media, believe it or not, you don't have to have it to survive. So I don't see that as something that is um, putting a bandaid on things because I don't think we have to expose ourselves to social media. The same thing goes with news. Think about the news cycle, so much of it, and particularly when, let's say, the COVID situation first happened or kind of in the middle of it. I mean, we're still in this situation, but um, let's say early May, late April, mid-April, late April. Um, So much of the news articles, um, there's one particular page I kept looking at, a news page. And um, I realized, my goodness, so much of the news is speculation. Mm. Every single article was speculation about how it's going to go, how it may go, how long this will last, what's going to happen in the fall. And I'm like, at this point, are you kidding me? How do we know that? How do we even know that? We didn't even know this was coming. Everyone can have all kinds of opinions about that. But I'm just saying, I mean, so much speculation. So what what good is this doing for me? So I stopped. I mean, I was yeah, I was like, this is not working. It wasn't a very (laughs) reputable, I think, uh, news (laughs) website anyways. But um, yeah, speculation is not going to help anything, especially right now. So yeah, I don't see that as a Band-Aid fix. I think it's if it's not helping you, it's causing you issues, then I think it's probably a good thing to to uh, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. And I think it's like a nor everyone, when you tell somebody that you don't have social media, they're like, why? Like it's, it's almost frowned upon. Like, and my biggest thing right now is I, I don't to be approved by anyone. I don't need to have my social media. Um, and I, I think I'm going to be just fine. And I, I've, 
I don't want to seem uneducated or uninformed, but I'm going to be selective about how much I take in. And I oh, think yeah. that's important. I can still read and I can still read some news and I can still get my information on what's going on in the world, but I don't need it to overwhelm me. Right. And one of the things that like a friend told me a couple of days ago is, you know, flood yourself with the word of God and what his promises are during struggle and pain and suffering. And try to let that be the number one voice that's in your mind right now of that promise and who he says he is and what he says he will do. And honestly, I just keep saying like every time something hits me and it's something I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to recover from that? And it's like, well, because God is a redeemer. And if I have that mindset, I think I can give hope to other people too, because like I have a friend the other day, I was talking to her and she's not really a Christian. Um, actually, she's like an atheist, totally. And we were talking about this, everything that's going on, just the whole thing, the whole entire sure, thing. Sure. And um, it was like, I don't, there was no hope in, in her voice. And I'm like, I really felt like God put it on my heart, but you have hope. So mm. you need to talk to her about what is redemption? Like what is redeemable here? And it was like, I couldn't even get it out because I was like, I almost wanted to go back to the dictionary to try to explain to her, but do you believe in redemption? Cause I'm going to need to explain what that means because that's not a common word for everyone to understand. And if you don't know what that word means, you're, you are hopeless. So it's, it's definitely, this is a weird time, <laughs> but it's also like a really adventurous time to see what God is going to do. Yeah, I would, I totally agree with you. And I think um, that piece of advice from your friend, my goodness, is there any better advice than that? Right. Take your time and your effort and let like put it into the word of God and let that be the number one voice you listen to. I love it. It's yeah. perfect. So I, it was good seeing you today. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we've covered it. <laughs> no better advice. There we go. Yeah. So everything we're about to get into, just if you if you want to listen to it, that's awesome. Because we do think <laughs> these are really practical applications. I really do think because I know what we're about to talk about and it's good stuff. But if you are a Christian, focus on who God says he yeah. is, who God yeah. says you are, and what he speaks over your life specifically. And I have to do that every day. Um, I've actually been doing a devotional every single day. And I noticed that when I make notes and I really write out my thoughts and my prayers, um, I am changing. I'm, I noticed mm-hmm. that my continence is different. My um, patience level is a little different. I know my husband may be like, uh, not so much, but it's improving. Um, like things don't set me off as much as they used to. And every time I get a text from one of my friends that feels very negative, I want to, and I feel the desire to hit it back with, okay, but, but let's look at this through a different light. Can we, Mm. can we just try, I know we're venting right now, but can we just look at it differently? And I might be bothering people right now because I just feel that way, but it feels right. If feels like we need a little more like hope out there just does. Amen. I think that's beautiful. I agree. I agree. All right. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about anxiety and mental health. Um, but I think it's so important that we first understand what is anxiety and what is it not. Can you explain that for us, Kristen? Sure. Um, anxiety is a I would basically say it's that feeling of being uncomfortable, um, afraid, um, nervous. You know, I think we all know it when we're feeling it. And sometimes we're not even aware of it, but it's going on inside of us. There's uneasiness that's happening for some people. I mean, there's a bit of a spectrum of it, right? So it could be just a little bit of like nervousness and you feel it in your stomach. Then there's for some people where they're having full-blown panic attacks. So it's very clear you're experiencing anxiety and and stress, which are kind of interrelated. Um, 
Yeah. So that's basically kind of what it is. So it has physical sensations to it. And it also has a whole lot of mental stuff going on, meaning it affects your thinking as well. Um, a lot of times, again, like I talked about that fear, the uneasiness, something bad is happening or something bad is going to happen. Um, something is wrong. Something's wrong with me. Um, it can disrupt sleep. It can disrupt your um, focus, your ability to do what you need to do which is of course as therapists is what we're looking for when we're diagnosing someone with an anxiety disorder or any disorder, we are looking for how much um, the symptoms they are experiencing is interrupting their daily functioning. Are they still able to do what they need to do in life? If it's disrupting it, um, what they need to do in life, their symptoms, then that usually is, is like a bell for us that like, you know, we're glad they're there. They need to probably be in therapy or they need to see a psychiatrist or talk to the doctor. Mm. Okay. And what are some um, root causes of anxiety? Yeah. Um, so many things. That's the thing. There's not just one thing with anxiety. Sometimes it's thinking the way in which we think or conceptualize things like thinking that either like as an example, thinking that if I make a mistake, then I'm bad, that kind of thing. Like I always have to be perfect. I mean, think of how much that type of thinking is going to get you in trouble, right? So um, cognitive dissonance, that's when our mind is split. We have double-mindedness. We're living in a way contrary to what we actually believe or what our values are. Um, sometimes it's coming because of, of course, when we're talking about survivors, right, of sexual abuse or any sort of trauma, um, anxiety can be triggered because of what we've been through in the past. And that's a big one. That triggering happens. I've heard um, statistics that triggering happens in like less than a second, we can be triggered back to um, trauma from our past and not even be aware of it. It's all happening in the brain very quickly. So anxiety mm. has a lot of causes. And I think so much um, of the uncertainty that's been going on in the last several months. I mean, listen, the reality in life is that there is a whole lot of uncertainty anyways. Um, of course, we do have the promises of God, but we don't always know how it's, things are going to play out. We're not ultimately in control of things. And, but thank the Lord for the hope that we have, you know, in him and where, what he says, um, you know, for us, that he is always with us and will never leave us or forsake, nor forsake us. Um, but how all of that's going to look or play out, we don't know, right? We don't really know what's around the corner. Um, and I think it's become very apparent now, especially when dealing with something like the pandemic, which is what first, you know, started and then everything else going on with the, with the racial tensions and all the, all um, all of what's going on there too. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and unrest right now and a lot of pain and hurt. We need a lot of healing in our, in our country and in our world right now. So I just think it's, I think we're much more aware um, of our experience of anxiety and stress right now. I think we can all raise our hands and attest for that. We're really aware of it, but the causes of it are multifaceted. But again, when we're talking about someone who's a survivor of sexual abuse or any sort of trauma, again, we can be triggered very quickly when a situation, yeah. uncertain type situation comes up or tumultuous situation. It's so right when you said that, it reminded me of, I was at the store the other day and a lady, um, this has nothing to do with sexual abuse, but it triggered me in feeling vulnerable, sure. which ties into that. So I was standing with the lady and she said that the thing kept ringing up as two for one. So I was like, but it's, it's Publix. I'm like, it's BOGO. <laughs> I'm like, you work here. It's not, it's, you guys don't offer really two for one. It's BOGO. So I said, let me go get a picture of the thing. So I, of uh, the tag. So I run over there, take a picture and I bring it back. And she was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, uh, and it, it, you know, I, if I wanted to, I could, I couldn't have even stopped the anger or the, mm -hmm. how I felt so like, I felt so, um, I, I like belittled or like vulnerable in that moment. Like I went and did something, the right thing, which was went and got the tag. I went and showed it to her. And instead of making me feel like, like approved, she made me feel like I was the scum of the earth because I was showing her something that was incorrect. And I was like, I was like, well, all I know is I'm showing you what the tag says. And I'm like, I, I, when I walked away, I was thinking, why did I get so upset? It was like, it, it, she got me so fired up. How, 
does, is that just like a personal problem or do, do you see that as like, do you get what I'm saying as in oh, yeah. victim feeling like a victim in that moment and you just want to attack? Oh, sure. I think there's the triggering portion to it, but I also think that um, we are just, um, our tolerance is less. I know we're going to, uh, we were talking about the window of tolerance, right? Talking about that. Do you want me to jump into that right now? Yeah, actually that would be great. What is the yeah. window of tolerance? Okay. So yeah. So window, it's just a good, a good place for it. A window of tolerance is basically the concept that we all have a window, um, like a space where we are able to kind of tolerate stress or things coming our way. Um, right now with everything going on with the increased um, stress and anxiety, job losses, people sick, so many things happening. Um, likely all of our windows of tolerance have become smaller. In other words, what we can handle being thrown our way is smaller, which is probably why the woman, you know, the cashier or whoever it was at, at Publix probably reacted pretty quickly to you, you know, started that all off. Likely her window of tolerance is probably smaller. Who knows? Maybe she's just a grumpy person, but it's not usual for what we know of Publix, right? For those of mm -hmm. us, or our, our, local, our local grocery store here in Florida. Um, anyway, so windows of tolerance are, pro are likely smaller right now. And what happens is when things are being thrown at us and we can't, um, we feel like we can't handle this, right? It's like too much right now. We can't handle what, what maybe used to be easy for us before. Like maybe if that had happened to you, like you were saying six months ago or something, you may not have had much of a reaction like, all right, well, how are we going to handle this? Like it wouldn't have been much to you, but both of you guys kind of reacted to that. So when our windows of tolerance get smaller because of everything happening right now, the increase in stress, then we kind of usually go two different directions. We usually either go into hyper arousal or hypo arousal. Hyper arousal is we start to feel anxious, angry, out of control, overwhelmed. Your body wants to fight or run away. It's not something you choose. These reactions just kind of take over. Okay. So that's hyper arousal or we go to hypo arousal. Okay. So it's either we go up or we go down hypo arousal. That's when the O instead of an ER, um, you get spaced out, zoned out, numb, frozen. Your body wants to shut down. You just want to avoid and get out of the situation. That's again, not something you necessarily choose. Your reactions just kind of take over. The whole idea of the window of tolerance really came um, from helping to describe people who had experienced trauma in their lives. Okay. Um, and everyone's experienced probably some level of trauma anyway. So this can apply to everyone. Um, but I think we can all get the picture that window of tolerance is likely smaller for all of us right now. And so we tend to do one or the other. And for some of us, we're vacillating back and forth. You may feel yourself getting angry and agitated and other times like, oh my gosh, I need to go take a nap. Like I'm over this. I'm done. I feel nothing. I'm checked out, mm -hmm. you know? And so those are, those are um, normal things that are happening right now. So I think it's a matter of adjusting and, and recognizing when we feel that way to then bring ourselves back to a place of balance. And one of the first things we can do when we feel that out of balance place, we're getting anxious, we're getting angry, or we're shutting down is to probably acknowledge how we feel. Like imagine in that situation, um, and this is by the way, not to critique you, Nicole, in this, but just imagine that situation. If you had said like, Hey, you know, like Sally, um, I'm sorry. I like, I bet things are tough right now. Like this is, this is tough. And so I just want to kind of understand, you know, what the deal is with the sale. Like I just got confused about it. So I'm sorry. You know, I mean, just one of you guys, maybe like just acknowledging like, man, this is just rough. I'm so stressed right now. Like how much does that change things? Right. As mm -hmm. soon as we just kind of state like how we're feeling or we connect with that other person, they may be having that reaction that we're seeing, you know, it, it kind of like takes all the air out of that balloon that's blowing up. Does that make I sense to state how you feel? Totally. Uh, I always look at people who can do that as very mature individuals. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope to get there one day. I just don't. I'm like that, like my husband does stuff like that. He'll be yeah. like, are you having a rough day? And <laughs> he stays super calm while he's saying it. And it's like, if I said it, it would be very condescending and like, <laughs> oh, are you having a rough day today? I mean, you're really making me, you know, like, yeah. So, okay. So don't do that if that's you, like, yeah. it's okay. You don't have to do that. And listen, that was just a suggestion, yeah. but state how you feel somewhere. Okay. okay. You got to have that safe person, that person that's like um, a bud 
that knows who you are, knows, you know, how you are and that you can just like call or text and say like, man, I had a rough interaction. I really am feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling like I can't handle as much. I'm stressed. Like this is a lot. It's like, that's another one of those things too. When we just state how we feel that we are overwhelmed or we just feel like, I just want to check out of all of this. Like a lot of times that will take um, the, that'll take all that energy uh, out of that situation, that situation blowing up further or getting worse. Okay. Just stating how you feel is mm-hmm. one step, but we'll talk about more too. Love that. I mean, I, I truly, I was trying to like scroll in my mind of all the times that like I told either um, an old boss or my husband of when I've like hit my limit yes. and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't take any more. And how that did in me um, sort of deflate the problem. Yes. That, and it was like, well, really, are you overwhelmed? <laughs> like, can, yes, you are overwhelmed, but can you get out of this? Yes. Right. It's almost like, like you, you can clearly, right? After that? Yeah. 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 Sure. That's well, and some stuff. other things, yeah, some other things to do too. So state how you feel. Go for a walk. Practice some breathing. Like stop and just breathe. Have you ever done box breathing before? You heard no, of it? What is that? Yeah, okay. I've heard of it, but never done it. Okay, so yeah, so you breathe in for four. Just breathe in slowly. One, two, three, four. Hold it. One, two, three, four. And slowly exhale. One, two, three, four. And if you keep doing that again and again, until you're going to start feeling the tension release. Sometimes that's two or three times. Sometimes it's 12 times and that's okay. That's a really good breathing just to, to a technique rather to bring the ten, like let some tension out and like, and bring your um, breathing back to a normal, like more calm place. Cause many times when we're getting like either of those two ways, right? The hyper arousal or the hypo arousal, our breathing is somehow stinted. It's, you know, it's, we're not really breathing fully or consciously like that. And isn't it interesting when you start to focus on your breathing or something else, then it gets you out of that feeling of like agitated anger or even shutdown, you know, you're able to like, just suddenly be present. Mm -hmm. Um, Another good exercise that I really like doing with um, my clients too is five, four, three, two, one. So this is a grounding technique and basically you can do it out loud in your head and you can find this online if you look it up too. It's along with box breathing as well. But five, four, three, two, one, you do five, it's your five senses. So you can go any order, but let's say like five things you can see. So then you state five things you can see around you, like right there in front of you, four things that you can touch. So then, you know, your pant legs, your, your chair, your desk, you know, whatever it is, um, three things that you can hear. Uh, two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. That's your five senses. Any order you can do it in, but what again that does is it grounds you. In other words, brings you right back to the present. And if you're going into either of those states of hyper or hypo arousal, then the five, four, three, two, one can bring you right back and get you out of your head, especially if you're trailing off into worrying and stress. Mm, so good. Yeah, because so practice that one. That's a good one. That's for especially because I'm sure a lot of us are in the hyper. I I can see that being one that a lot of us would be in because we're a little amped up right now. And, um, it almost feels good to be in the hyper. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to go ahead and speak for myself. The other day I completely lost it on my husband and screamed at him at the top on the top of my lungs, like to where my literal windpipes, (laughs) I haven't done that in years. Um, we talked about it and I basically explained why I had hit that breaking point. And, um, it it was dumb. It was so dumb. Mm. And when you really broke it down, but I had to, I I went down and I, I jotted everything down. I kind of did like a map of where I felt that it like led from. And, um, what I noticed is that my, like, when you're breaking it down like this into technical terms, I, I was telling my husband, it felt really good to scream at you. I felt justified. I felt like you're finally listening. I felt like this. And he was like, but it was all anger. So how do you feel good in anger? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what you is, is it true that like being, 
in that hyper is sort of like an anger and sort of like if you do have an anger problem, it can f- make you feel good to, f- to be in that like sort of sensitive mode all the time, getting mad about everything. Sure. I, I think um, because it's re- you're releasing some en- pent up energy, you know, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, anger gives you an energy. Anger does give energy, right? It, there's a motivation in anger. Um, that sometimes, or let's say you, you say you go the other direction. A lot of times we're even, we're trying to avoid the hypo arousal where we're shutting down, where we're avoiding or checking out because that's not very motivating. Is it right? That's, you know, we don't want that one. That one isn't as attractive, is it? <laughs> or productive, right. you know? Um, yeah. So I, I hear what you're, I definitely hear what you're saying, but I, I think a more um, balanced um, place to be would probably just be to state how we're feeling. And if we are angry, that's okay too. Meaning because anger is a natural human, um, response, right? But the, what, if we go back to like what the Bible tells us, it says, you know, be angry, but in your anger, do not sin. It's okay to be angry. That is a very normal human response, especially if someone has transgressed our boundaries, um, or if there are things, you know, injustice. I mean, there's, there's reasons to be angry, but I think that we can't live in that place and make every decision from that place. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That totally. will eventually lose its fuel. Oh yeah. And that's where like an overabundance of anger comes in. And then it's like yes. almost, uh, it's an illusion that you are feeling good from it. Right. Right. At some point, um, it can be very detrimental and can be very harmful. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I think we have to, um, anger has its place, but then I think we have to get to a place to, to, to state what we're maybe feeling past that. Cause a lot of times to you anger, um, what's underneath anger is just a whole lot of hurt, pain, uncertainty, fear. And that looks a lot of times a lot more messy. Mm-hmm. And that's why for some of us, not just not, I'm not saying you, Nicole personally, but I'm just saying for some of us, anger just looks a whole lot like more certain. Right. Mm. I'm just pissed. I'm mm-hmm. just so mad about whatever it is, you know, type thing, because we don't want to deal with all like, I'm conflicted. I'm upset. I'm really afraid. You know, mm. I'm really hurt by this or whatever it is. You know, those mm. seem a lot messier. Oh yeah. Even when you said it, I was like, that was because of a hurt. And instead the anger came out, not, right. it had nothing to do with anything other than a hurt. And it was right. harder to deal with that whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. So this yeah. is good. Did, did you have any more steps that you were giving us on that list? Um, a couple of, yeah, a couple of other things too. So we talked about, um, let's see here. We talked about the five, four, three, two, one, the box breathing, um, the, let's see, pray, pray. Oh my gosh. Imagine that. Stop and pray. Um, journal, um, even tossing a ball back and forth. Isn't that an interesting one? There's something about that rhythm of the back and forth ball. And if you don't have another person to do this with, that's okay. We're talking about like a beach ball, by the way, when this doesn't have to be, we're not talking about dodgeball, but like tossing a, a beach ball just back and forth, even like against a wall or something. So you're not injuring something. Um, it would, it can be really helpful too. Um, stretch, breathe, ride a bike, move your body. Um, it's not as important. I think that the exercise is like, you know, I've accomplished this many miles right now, especially when we're talking about just getting yourself into a better place of balance when you're feeling overwhelmed as much as it's just important to move your body. Right. Because moving our body also releases energy, clears things up. Oh my gosh. Works on all those positive hormones in your brain. Um, a lot of times even an excess of anxiety is an excess of, um, energy. Mm. stored up in your body. So just going for a walk sometimes too can be just so helpful. Something as simple as that. Yeah. Last uh, episode, we talked about the seven hacks to happiness and our number one one was take a 30 minute walk a day. And I have stuck to that because listen, I'm not going to preach something unless I'm going to do it myself. And so half the stuff that I put on that list, actually every single one of those things I put on that list are I've been trying to apply, especially during this time. And I'm telling you that walk has changed my life. Like I have, I'm actually noticing, I don't even like to have headphones on, um, and listen to music that I actually like to center my thoughts. 
and just mm-hmm. sort of like hear myself because even like creativity flows, oh, um, yeah. just like some really cool ideas have come out of these walks. Uh, I, I will have my phone with me. And when I start like sending out text messages is probably when I'm on that walk because yes. I'm getting like all these ideas coming to me. Like this, that, this, yeah. that. Isn't it interesting? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so powerful. Like moving your body is just so important. We were made to move. We were made to move. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you for, uh, those who are being confined at their house and now may be struggling more with anxiety of dealing with zoom conferences with their boss or their employees. And then, you know, they have to deal with their husband or their wife who's now in their house, basically 12, like they're around them 24 hours a day or, you know, 12 while you're awake. And then on top of it, children, having to do homeschooling and all these different things. What would you say to the person that's dealing with their anxiety from being a survivor? Um, All the different triggers and all the different emotions are from that. And then they've got their family they have to deal with and their children and be now a teacher, but then also a mom. What would you suggest to that person? Oh my gosh. Probably the first thing is to be compassionate with yourself. Please, please, please be compassionate and patient with yourself. I think having realistic expectations as opposed to thinking, you know, I was reading actually something this morning on social media, but it was good. And they were talking about, um, oh my gosh, no one is like living their best, you know, that terminology, the, I mean, that term rather the saying living your best life, like no one's living their best life right now. No one's like thriving, you know, I mean, someone may say that, but there's just, it's just tough. It is really tough right now. And everyone has some challenges going on. So just being patient, compassionate with yourself, realistic with your expectations is so important. And you have to have some amount of self-care. You are going, this is going to be much tougher if you don't develop some amount of self-care for yourself. And that's some of those things we've been talking about, right? Going for that walk, making sure that you're praying or you're journaling, whatever works for you. If that walk entails praying while you're walking, if that walk is just being out and observing like, oh, the trees. Oh, oh my gosh. It smells like, you know, fresh cut grass out here. Look how the sky looks. Look at the clouds. I love doing that, by the way. I love the sky, always looking at the sky. So, um, but whatever that looks like for you, make sure that you do it, you know, taking that bubble bath, if you can take it, um, you know, or that warm shower at night or whatever is comforting, you know, to you, making sure that you start going to those doctor's appointments again, if you've forgotten those kind of things, making sure you're actually taking the medication you may have been prescribed or those supplements that you, um, you know, have taken, you know, in the past, maybe you stopped or slacked off on those things. Those things are all part of self-care. Self-care is so important right now, making sure that you have somebody that you can confide in, somebody that you can get real with, someone that you can say, this is tough right now. This is what I'm struggling with. And this is a good time to mention to Nicole about the um, crisis text line. Um, if, If you are ever feeling like you're in a crisis situation or you're just all alone and you don't have that someone to talk to, please know that there is something called a crisis text line. Um, basically you text 741741 and you just put in, um, you can put in all caps share or home. I think if you write anything, you're going to get a response back. You're connected with a crisis um, trained crisis counselor. They're available 24 seven for anything. Um, and they also um, if need be will connect you with authorities. If Um, There's a situation where um, you may be talking about or thinking about hurting yourself, Um, you know, or rather you're in imminent danger. So the crisis text line counselors are always there. So please don't hesitate to reach out. If you're alone, you are, you really are a, a text message away from someone. And what's interesting too, is just like we talked about before, sometimes just stating how you feel all of a sudden you're able to have some amount of reason come back in. Maybe what's going to happen is you reach out to that crisis text line counselor and just being heard, just interacting with someone, you suddenly start to remember like, oh yeah, Jenny did say to reach out if I, if I ever needed someone to talk to, like, wait a second, there are a couple people in my life I can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please don't feel bad about reaching out to a crisis text line counselor. That's exactly what they're there for. And if you're ever thinking about harming yourself, if you th- have any thoughts about um, 
about suicide, please, please know that there, um, again, there's always help 24 seven for that. The suicide prevention line is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Yeah. We just want to make sure that you, you guys know that you are not alone. But I know not everyone is necessarily in that place. Thank God. If you are though, please reach out for help. If you're worried about someone else, those are some good places to reach out for help too. You can also call the suicide prevention line or talk to a crisis counselor at 741-741. But I think if that's not necessarily where you're at, again, doing what you need to take care of yourself and not just thinking that you can function at the same level of performance, if you want to say it that way, um, that you were before. It's okay. There's not, there's not a lot that's exactly normal right now. So we all need some extra support. It's kind of like the bumpers on the, on the bowling alley. Right mm-hmm. now, we're just not doing, <laughs> we need some bumpers on the right. lane to get the ball down there in the right <laughs> spot. And that's okay. That's, that's a good analogy. Yeah, I like that. Um, Okay, so I actually want to ask you a question about God and and anxiety. Sure. Um, So a lot of people in the Christian world will tell you to pray more and fast and do all these things to sort of get your anxiety to go away. And, And to me, they've always felt like cliches. They've always felt like empty Um, And for me, they never really worked. I I felt like a lot of times when I did those things, they didn't go away necessarily. Um, Actually, maybe even came on even more because I was thinking about it a hundred times or whatever the situation was. Um, So it's one thing to to focus on the promises of God to sort of uh, steer your life. It's another thing to when you have a major medical problem or you have a situation that you need help from an actual doctor to rely on them. Can you speak more about that on how it's not just relying on God? That's a component, but there's more to it. Well, and I think in the, in the, in the relying on God, um, God's a practical God. In other words, he puts people or podcasts, let's just say, right. Um, He provides opportunities for us to get some practical help. So I think God's in all of this. Um, And so what I mean by that too is listen, and I think um, mental health, and um, is really in his word. I think that the problem is, is not the verses. I know it's not what you're saying anyways, but it's how we use them. When someone's having a hard time, we just throw a verse at them. It's because we probably don't know what to say. Um, and we, and then some of us actually do think that having anxiety is uh, sinful. And that is just so inaccurate. I think that the Lord tells us again and again that we do not have to be anxious because he knows we're going to be. We don't have to be fearful because he knows we're going to be. He is very well aware of the creation of us, of us who were made in his image, that we will be fearful at times, that we will be anxious. He, he, he very well knows that there's a whole lot of extra stress going on right now. And I think that Um, digging into his word to really figure out what the intent was, because um, for example, that verse about casting our cares on the Lord, because he cares for us. um, I have uh, talked about that a lot in therapy and definitely believe it, but it's real interesting because it got real, real for me during this time um, period with all of the increased stress and anxiety. And it was, um, I didn't end up looking this one up, but I had another a pastor's wife tell me um, that that actual, that verse, when you go back to the original language of it is literally like taking burdens off and handing it over to the Lord. So one night, um, probably a month or so ago, um, I was so anxious and I was just walking and I got up at like two 30 or three in the morning. I was thinking about all the stressful things going on um, in life and the world and whatever. And so I got up and I was just, I felt like I was probably gonna have a panic attack. And so I ended up going outside in our backyard and just walking around the pool. I just kept walking and walking. I was just talking to the Lord. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I literally cannot carry everything that I'm carrying. Like all of these worries, I can't do this anymore. And it, what became so, I think clear to me was like, Holy cow. I mean, this just got really, it got real. Like, you know, I think we can so easily kind of say like, Oh yeah, I'm just giving it all to the Lord. But no, I had to literally give it to the Lord. And that's what I was picturing. So I got, I was like, told him everything. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of this happening. This, this, that I listed everything off because I knew I couldn't carry any of it for one more minute. And that's exactly what I was doing. 
I was carrying that all. And again, like we talked about before, anxiety is not always because you're carrying all these things, but it's sometimes a good amount of the time it really is actually, because we're carrying all these fears and worries. So what if we were to tangibly hand them over to the Lord, give them over to him. Like, I, I got to let go of this. I got to let go of this. I got to let go of that because it's not ours to carry. And it's too much, mm-hmm. too much because, um, just like the verse talks about, um, by what, for, for those of us who are worrying, like how, how is that going to add to your life? I'm paraphrasing. I'm so sorry. I'm paraphrasing this. I don't have it up in front of me, but, um, you know, worry is not going to add in anything to your life. If anything, we can all acknowledge that worry takes away, right. Um, from our well being and takes away from, and, and really just adds anxiety if more than anything else. So I think again, practically speaking, handing, imagining yourself, handing these things over to the Lord and just going back to some of these practical things too, we've talked about, right? Like telling somebody else, um, you know, in your world, what you're really going through, what your world is really looking like and reaching out for help if you need it. So if that is a crisis counselor, um, if that is a counselor, counselor, you know, whatever that is, if you need to ask for help, it's okay. Does that help? Yeah, no, it totally does. It's like, it's just, (laughs) when you said that about casting your cares, it's like literally you can only know how to, you only know what that feels like to true when you actually have to do it. Yes, so I have used yes. that verse a hundred times before. And up until the day that I actually told, I had to do it myself, did yes. I realize, and I just, I don't know how else to say it to people, but it is truly, it is truly life relieving, um, peace giving. Yes. It, it, like, as you were saying it, I was thinking about how uh, trees of hope. That's been obviously my biggest concern. I just constantly worry about the outcome of trees of hope. Are we still going to mm-hmm. be here? Oh, all this stuff. And every time I go down that path, I go, but that's not on your job description. Your job description is to manage it and to show up and do the work every day. The yep. job of the outcome is God's. Amen. And you got to literally keep if, if it's writing it in a journal and circling it and then taking it like a rainbow and going, God's, whatever, that's what I have to do. Worrying about my husband and his and worrying about my future and our life and my parents' life, all these things I just have to constantly say, but that's not on your job description and you have to let go, but it's really, really hard and I get it. And I love that verse so much. It's, it's very real during this time. Yes, it is. Isn't it right? Yeah. And it got real for me too. Cause I've talked about it with a lot of clients, you know, that yeah. verse. And I love the, let's be honest. I love the sentiment of it, but I yeah. don't know that I had even ever practically applied it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. to have that other person, that pastor's wife confirm for me what that really meant. Like in the original language, I was like, Holy cow, that's mm-hmm. precisely what I did because I got desperate and I got real with the Lord. Yeah. And that's what he invites us to do. Anyways, if we forget that, look at the Psalms, mm-hmm. look back to the Psalms and look how real the psalmists were with the Lord. They did not try to like find fluffy language and fancy ways of wording things or try to like, Oh, I shouldn't say this. This is really bad. No, they just told it like it was If they were mad. They were mad. They were sad. They were desperate. They were anxious. They were fearful, whatever it was. They just, they told it all to the Lord. Yeah. And I, I do love that. That's why one of, you know, God says David is a, a, a man after his own heart. It's because mm-hmm. he was always raw and real in his, in, in the way that he wrote and the way that he prayed, he was, he was frustrated. He was angry. And, but yet he always still came to the Lord with those things. And I think yes. that is what God wants. That's the most important is that we're honest and real because when we're not honest and real about ourselves, we can't be honest and real with God. And Um, I just also, you reminded me of a verse that a lady came up to me when I was uh, doing a prevention workshop and I had um, finished the workshop and there was a line of women that wanted to speak to us after that workshop because they wanted to share their stories with us. She was literally the last person and she came up to me and she said, I just wanted to let you know that God put it on my heart to tell you of the verse that says that you have been comforted and now you can comfort others. And that's Mm. obviously like 
a very um, common day version of that. But basically what she was saying is, is that the Lord has redeemed and and rescued you from your sexual abuse. And now because you've been comforted in that, you can now give comfort to others. And so when we are saying about that with um, like, it becomes real to us, these verses. And then we can truly tell people like, Hey, cast your cares on the Lord. Cause he cares. And I know that because I've done it and I've yes. had to do it and I have to yep. do it consistently. There's a big difference when somebody says it like that and with true passion in their heart, than just like, Hey, cast your cares on the Lord. You yes. know? <laughs> so true. Very, very true. And then I think that's the thing too. I think we can see the heart behind it. And that's why sometimes those things aren't received well. Yeah. And I, when you were, I, by the way, I looked up Matthew 6, 27 was that verse. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So my paraphrase was lousy. That's a great verse. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Matthew 6, 27. And I don't think we can. No, we can't. And honestly, it's like, gosh, you've already covered a bunch of it, but worrying can do. I've seen what people who who worry, I've known worry warts. And I've known them in their older years. My grandma was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it went from her being straight up with her back like this to as time went on, just being mm. hunched over. I mean, it does something to you. Picture, it's just right? Over- yeah. It's carrying the burdens. Think about that picture of what you just described. That slunch, yeah. you know, slun- uh, slouched over rather because you're carrying all the burdens. Right. Well, and to be clear on this too, I just want to say that, um, um, and I think you guys know, know this who are listening, but we say this with a whole lot of compassion too. I know, we know that people can get stuck in this kind of thinking. And sometimes there's other reasons too, um, as to why you may be stuck in that kind of thinking, but please reach out for help if you need to. Um, that way you can kind of figure out some ways personally for you to combat this. You don't just have to live in a constant state of anxiety. That isn't, um, it's not good for you to be in that place. And so if you are struggling, let's say like, wait a second, I've tried to apply these verses or I've tried this or I've tried that. Um, it's okay. It may be time to actually talk with someone, Mm -hmm. you know, too. So there's not no reason to feel bad about that because there could be some other things going on too. Just to say also, there are even some medical diagnoses that actually have anxiety as a part of the symptoms, like something that you would not even think. So, um, it's, it's worth it seeing a professional if, if you're stuck, Mm -hmm. you know, please know that this is not a, there's no judgment in this. This is not like, come on, why can't you apply this and feel better? Right. So, which actually leads me to two to of my last questions. One sure. is, why do people struggle so much with associating themselves with the terminology anxiety? I know for me, I definitely do not always go, oh, I'm, I'm having a panic attack right now, or I'm overwhelmed. Those words feel um, sort of uh, making me feel less than. And I know that that's not the case, but what, what would you say to somebody who might be even afraid to even say, I struggle with anxiety? Oh yeah. I think, I think it has to do with the, with, remember I was talking way earlier, um, about our perception, the way in which we think of things. So for example, if we have a belief somehow that we're supposed to be always strong, um, so to speak, or always have it together or, um, always, I don't know what the other word would be, um, courageous or something, then where does anxiety fit in all of that, right? Whereas what I would say is I don't think anxiety or fear takes any of those things away. I think that you're human. And to be human means that you're going to have all kinds of facets to you. There's times when you're going to be outwardly incredibly courageous, you know, and that can absolutely be who you are, but yet you can still have anxiety at times. In fact, I'm sure you've heard that saying before about, um, feel the fear and do it anyways. And that, you know, those kind of things. Um, yeah. Anxiety is just a part of the human experience. It's when it's out of control, you're stuck that I would say, please reach out and ask, you know, for some help. Cause you don't have to stay in that place, mm-hmm. but having anxiety or fear at times is just normal. But I think it's the way in which we think of it. Mm-hmm. You know, what does this mean? How does this define me? Or how does this take away from who I thought I was? Um, but a lot of times, like I said, I'll just tell people like, I, I'm sorry, you're just human. You are. And we're, we are not infallible. We are very much fallible. We are vulnerable to things affecting us. Mm. So 
that's so just true. the truth. And I think if we change our thinking on that too, if we have more compassion for ourselves and are more realistic about that, um, a lot of times it actually makes things better because it right. was just like, yeah, sometimes I do experience anxiety. Like, okay, you can kind of breathe because you're not trying to meet some sort of expectation right. yes, of yourself. Yeah. Right. I think like we are our own worst enemies. I know yeah. from I'm doing it yeah. to myself all the time is like, well, I need to live in this exact life. Right. I need to act this right. exact way. And yeah. then it gives me no room to, for error, right. no yes. room for human humanness. Um, right. Yeah. And um, I, I'm glad that you said that because I know I'm not the only one out there that struggles with oh. I, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are perfectionists and you, you are, if you're a perfectionist like me, I am a hundred percent there. It's, you're not going to want to associate yourself with a terminology like anxiety or mm. because you're going to see that in a, in a bad light. And if you could say I'm human as opposed and remove the word perfectionist, that's an attribute that I have, but I'm human, which anxiety is also an attribute that comes with humanness. I think you can see yourself a little bit better and you can yeah. give yourself grace. Right. Absolutely. And I think, and just like you were talking about, it gives you no space. I'm sure and you guys have heard of this um, terminology that's pretty popular now about holding space for someone or giving someone space. And that is, I think it's that whole idea is giving, allowing someone to have, to just be human with you. So if we are able, or we should, or we're asked to do that for other people, why not do that for yourself? Because believe me, I, you know, have the same thing at times, um, a decent amount of time for my, toward myself as well, judging myself and like, why do I feel anxiety? And then I'll compare myself to like my sisters or something like that. Um, you know, I'm like, but they don't seem to experience as much anxiety. What's, what's the deal with me? And then I'm thinking like, what will happen is I'll start to think to myself, like, where is this line of thinking going to take me? This just leads to discouragement and despair. Like, how is that going to help anything? How about, okay, just like I tell everybody else, it's okay. You're human. We're going to be nuanced. We're going to experience a range of emotions that just makes you alive and real. Mm. It's okay. And then I get out of that line of thinking and guess what? I can actually feel better yeah. <laughs> because uh. as long as you're like on yourself in that way, those expect those unreasonable expectations of perfection, um, there's, there's not much space to move. No. Just like you said, but if you give yourself some space to just be and exist and, and feel what you feel, man, that's, there's, that's, that's, you have space to breathe. Right. Okay. Then the last question is uh, sort of leading into kind of what you mentioned is, Hey, reach out. Um, if you feel this way, reach out. So what I have found is even talking about seeing a mental health counselor is sort of taboo. I don't know why I I still feel it when I mention it to people, they instantly look at me like, Ooh, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, whatever, dude, I, I have no issue. I just, I mean, I have issues. I don't have one specific issue. I've got like a plethora of issues that I deal with on a regular basis. So what would, what can you tell somebody or encourage somebody who could be going, I would love to see a counselor, but I don't, I don't, it's not, it's like frowned upon. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We can talk about this for a good long while, but we're, but we're going to keep it simple uh, ish. So uh, there's that. It's funny because I remember Dr. Phil, he's still around. I think he yes. still has a show with some, you know, I just don't know when it's on or whatever, but he had that line that would say like, how's that working for you? <laughs> um, so the unwillingness to ask for help, how is that working for you? <laughs> would be the, would be probably a good question to start with, right? It's like, okay, I'm stuck. I'm discouraged. I'm afraid. I'm mad, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. So it's probably not working very well. So what's your choice? You can reach out and ask for help. How is that going to hurt? Now, some people have not had great experiences with therapists too. It's possible. You know, it's, it is possible that it maybe hasn't gone well or it wasn't the right fit or um, you didn't like that person or maybe they said something. Therapists are human too. You know, we can all be imperfect and not necessarily say the right thing. But you know, what's interesting is that you do have an opportunity to say like, hey, I don't know if I understood that or I felt really judged right in that moment. Um, 
that wasn't cool. That didn't feel helpful. Can we try again? You know, it's okay to just be honest um, or try to find a new therapist too. There's lots of us out there. Um, man, just talking to someone where it's your time, you know, that's the time that you're paying for. Um, or even if it's a crisis line counts, you know, text, excuse me, crisis counselor, um, where you're just texting back and forth with them. Like that's, that's someone is holding that space for you so that you're able to just be human. I encourage you to do that. Even if everyone around you doesn't understand, um, you are worth it. You are worth, um, someone spending the time with to hear how things are going for you or to help you get unstuck from somewhere. Um, I, you know, something that I have on my website is that therapy is an investment. I know that therapy is an investment in yourself and it affects what we don't sometimes don't realize is it affects everyone around you and even generations behind you. That's what we sometimes don't think of, um, is the significant impact of therapy. Therapy is not forever, you know, either. That's not what we want it to be. Um, but therapy is a really good thing. And if, Hey, you're not ready to see a therapist, make sure you're getting real with somebody. You have to get real with someone, you know, because you were not meant to live life alone and you don't have to either. But a lot of times we, we actually make that choice, you know, and if we've been hurt a whole lot, we'll reinforce that choice as in a choice in our minds that it's not safe, um, to open up to anyone. But again, um, I think we kind of slowly die on the vine if we do that. You know, we really, really need people. Um, there's a really good book too called Safe People by uh, Dr. Cloud and Townsend, the same um, psych Christian psychologist that wrote um, the Boundaries book. It's called Safe People. And if you're one of those people that's like, I've been hurt by everybody in my life, man, pick up Safe People and check that book out because it helps you to identify who is safe and unsafe in your life. Won't you start to realize that everybody's kind of a combination? But you can find though those people that are mainly safe, that are willing to acknowledge when they've said something wrong to you or done something wrong, and then you start to realize like you have a mix of safety in your, in yourself too. So great book, but yeah, I just encourage you, um, man, if, if there's any time to get real, I would say now's the time. Cause everything's kind of out of the bag, isn't it? As we're all walking around wearing masks, just trying to kind of survive this time period. Yeah. That's actually like, so funny, like hypocritical. Yeah. The wearing the mask thing, right? Time. Yeah. Like we're all wearing masks. Meanwhile, like we're all a freaking mess. Exposed. Yes. Yeah, like out there just like, wow. Yes. Yes. I know it is. It's a very ironic picture, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, that was really good. Um, I really appreciate you breaking this anxiety thing down for us and mental health down. Um, I know that it's, it's, it's pressure right now. We are just all mm. feeling it from all sides. And just like you said, just be compassionate with yourself if you are struggling. And we hope that some of these practical applications that we've given you going for walks, talking to a friend, maybe getting a counselor, whatever it is that they can be things that you can consider doing, start doing right away. Um, I'm going to also add that, like she said, now's the time, but I am going to add like, we're at war <laughs> right now. And I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the world around us. I'm talking about like within ourselves. And mm -hmm. now is the time more than ever to, to self-love and self-care for yourself and take whatever lessons you need to learn, um, to learn and grow and be that person that you want to be like, don't put it off because if this COVID-19 has told me one thing is that at a blink of an eye, everything that feels normal and, and, and safe could change in a matter of moments. And for me, I don't want to go down or whatever, die or whatever, knowing that I didn't try to like pour into myself as much as possible. And change some of the things that I need to change and deal with some of the hard things. Um, sexual abuse is a big deal and it has taken so much from you. And if you have not leaned into that or have not even acknowledged that that has taken something from you, then I would say now is the time more than ever to start dealing with that. Um, all of these great things can be great 
you know, applications, but a lot of your anxiety could be from that bigger root issue, which is that you were sexually abused. And um, I know for myself, and I'm sorry to keep going back to my life and stuff, but it's the only example I can give you guys, which is when I dealt with that issue, that one issue, everything else seemed less serious. And when I stopped denying and stopped minimizing, I was finally able to unveil who I was meant to be. I, I really feel that way. And yes, I became the director of Trees of Hope, but that may not be everyone's calling. Other things happened in my life. I got a great husband. Um, God showed me many things about myself. I got great friends. I started to connect with awesome people. I stepped out and called a counselor and got help there. So I got these things that just, that helped save my life. Um, I want everyone to experience because I definitely did struggle with anxiety before, but mine wasn't like I'm a, mine wasn't as much as like, I'm not going to go outside. It was more like what could happen here? I'm afraid of this. So I'm not going to even do it. And that was just stupid. I missed out on so much. Mm -hmm. I missed out on so many friendships, going to different places, walking into new experiences, trying new adventures. And now I'm way more open to it. And I think that everybody should have that, that experience in this life because we don't have much, nothing is promised, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so now's the time. Um, so I just say that, and I I really thank you all for listening. I hope that this was helpful to you. And again, if you have any questions that we didn't cover or you want to know more about something, please feel free to email us at podcast at treesofhope.org. So we love you, and we will see you next time. And that's it. Thank you, Kristen. I love you. Thank you for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you, Nicole. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.